Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters. Presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Syracuse basketball great Billy Owens. Owens is one of the greatest players in Syracuse history. Despite spending just three years at Syracuse, he's still the only player in school history who ranks in the top 13 for career points, rebounds, steals, and assists. I talked with Billy about his brother's influence on his commitment to SU, having his son on this year's team, and the time he and Derek Coleman tossed Jim Beheim into the high jump pit. Billy, how you doing? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. <laughs> Hanging in there. That's great. You know, you and I go back a long ways. My first year on the beat was your freshman year. Wow. Can you believe it? Yeah, time flies. <laughs> time waits for nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, before we get to your years at Syracuse, I've always, you know, I've talked with you a, a little bit in the past about your recruitment because you were the number one player in the country coming out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And as I recall, your final three schools were North Carolina, Villanova, and Syracuse. Right, right. How, how seriously did you consider those other two, and, and what led you to pick Syracuse? I consider those schools a, a lot. Um, North Carolina was probably my top school until my brother decided to go to Syracuse. If my brother didn't go to Syracuse, I don't know. I might think I would have been a Tar Heel, but he went to Syracuse. And I just said, I had I had love for Dean Smith. I had love for him on Rolling Massimino down in Villanova. They was just great guys. When I first met them, when they came to visit, they just, you know, they was impressive. And I liked those guys. And, and then when Coach Bayon came, it was the same situation. It's like I was torn between three schools, but I think my brother going there for football it, it, it um I decided that I would go and plus my mom wanted us together so so I decided to go to Syracuse. So Syracuse fans can all thank the late Dick McPherson. Yeah, definitely. Well and well actually um Exel, Randy Exel was the one who recruited my brother. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, he, he I saw him a lot. Um just coming in and watching my brother's game. So he really recruited him and so you might want to thank Randy too. <laughs> now you had a connection to North Carolina. Your 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 high school teammate Jeff Lebo. Yeah. He yeah, went Jeff to North Lebo. Carolina like a year, maybe two years ahead of you. Yeah, he was no, he was well when I was a freshman, he was a senior. Oh wow. Yeah, so and Dean Smith used to come watch him play a lot. And he I guess he took notice of a skinny freshman kid out there you know, playing hard on defense because I really didn't take that many shots my freshman year. I was just trying to fit in. But when Dean Smith was watching him, he he, he had a good eye and he kept watching me. And, and then he, he really wanted me real bad. That's what Larry, actually Larry Brown told me a story that, that Dean Smith told him that he, I was the best high school player he ever saw at that time. Wow. Yeah, so... You know, it's like things worthy and Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Michael Jordan used to call my phone when I was in ninth grade, tenth grade, just to talk to me about North Carolina. What would he say? He just, you know, that is a great program. Why would you want to go anywhere else? You know, Mike, Mike back then was Mike, you know, cocky. 
And, you know, why, why would you want to go to Syracuse? Why would you want to go to Villanova? North Carolina is where it's at, that type of stuff. I didn't talk to him that long anyway because I just, you know, at that time I was young, so I just gave the phone to my dad. <laughs> Let him talk. <laughs> I kind of brushed him off because actually he called me the day it was sunny out and they was playing at the park. They was playing pickup. And when I was walking home from school, I saw that the older guys were playing pickup. So I ran home to change. And my dad said, Michael Jordan's on the phone. I was like, Michael who? And he said, Michael Jordan. I, well, I talked to him a little bit. And I said, well, here, talk to my dad because I'm, I'm going to play ball. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, you couldn't have found three coaches that were more different oh, yeah, in terms yeah. of their personalities. Rolly, yeah, yeah. Rolly Green Rolly. and Jim Beheim. I got a great story, Roly. When Roly came to visit me at the house, he had his championship ring on because they just beat Georgetown. And um, well, I don't know if it was that year, but they beat Georgetown. He had his ring on. I guess he wanted to show it off to me. So he told us he told a story of like a funny story, and he laughed. And he was sitting right next to me, and he had that ring on. So when he laughed, he hit me in my knee with that ring. And while I was over there trying to hold my tears back because it hurt. <laughs> so he hit me with that ring. I was like, oh, man, this hurt over here while I was sitting next to him. So, but I love, like I said, I loved all three of those coaches. And I don't think I would have went wrong. But I'm glad I picked Syracuse because Coach Beheim is my man. Coach Beheim told me that he'll get me into the NBA and I can play my game. He wants me to handle the ball more. Cause I ain't do that. I ain't handled the ball that much in high school, <clears throat> but Bayon told me that you know it'd be a great to play alongside Derek Coleman, Sharon Sherman, Douglas, Stevie Thompson, and then I actually I saw him play, and I said, yeah, this could be a great fit. As a freshman coming to Syracuse, what was it like to join a team with such established stars? And and I might also add some pretty strong personalities uh, <laughs> like Derek and Stevie and Sherman. It, it was it wasn't hard because I could adapt to the game. You know, I, I I can get my own points if I need to. I can rebound the basketball. I can grab a rebound and push up the court myself. So I had to try to fit my way. I didn't want to step on nobody's toes. Or Bayheim was kept on telling me to you know, be more aggressive. You should have shot that shot and I need you to score, that type of thing. So I started opening up a little bit later on, like in the year, but I was just trying to fit in. You know, like you said, we had great players, Derek Coleman. And, and, and Derek was so unselfish. He, he could have took more shots. You know, mm -hmm. Stevie Thompson was the one you had to watch out for because he, he wanted all the shots. He wanted all the dunks. He wanted all the alley-oops. He wanted all the layups. So, He's the only one you probably had a battle for points. <laughs> <laughs> now, you got to have a couple good Derek stories, right? Yeah, but, you know, it, it get, as long as it's on HBO, I can tell you some good ones. I can tell you. <laughs> it's just Derek was so, Derek was so competitive and so strong as a, as a black man. He was just, he was, he's one of a kind. I never met nobody like Derek. He, he's a great guy. He um, yeah, he, he, he gives you a shirt off his back if he if he if if I wanted it. He was just a big brother to me, and I, I can tell you a story that me and Derek, um, it, it includes Bayheim. We was um, me and Derek was getting some shots in after practice, mm -hmm. and Bayheim was walking out the gym it was, while we was in Manly, and he was walking out, and he and he trash he started trash talking me and Derek while he was walking. So I looked at Derek. 
And Derek looked at me. I said, I said, let's get him. So we ran over there, chased him, grabbed him. Derek had him by his shoulders. I had him by his legs. And, you know, in Manly, they had track and field. So they had that high jump mat. So we took him to the high jump mat, and we swung him in the air. We said, one, two, three. We threw him in the air. He hit the mat, and he fell off the mat. <laughs> glasses, glasses went one way. He got up, grabbed his back, and he, and he called it. He said, y'all some crazy sons of, and that was it. And he gathered his glasses and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> See, people are going to believe that story because they wouldn't believe that, you know, because Behan comes across as that screaming guy all the time and getting on his players, but we weren't going for it, so we got him that day. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never heard that story before, ever. <laughs> and I remember that high jump, the, the big – Cushiony mat. Yeah, the cushion. Yeah, yeah. I used to sit there and watch practices from that mat sometimes. Yeah, Manly was a great place to practice, but they got a nice facility now. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. You know, uh, there was another guy on that team your freshman year. He came in with your recruiting class, a uh, kid by the name of Mike Hopkins. What did you think of Mike Hopkins first time you saw him? Coach. Really. <laughs> His coach, he, he just, you know, he studied the game. He was always into the game. He was always positive. He was always in the air telling you, you could do this. He can't hold you, that type of thing. You know, and he was, and he, and he was that nervous type of player to me. Like, he didn't want to mess up. He didn't want to be on Behan's bad side. So everything had to be fundamentally sound with him and everything. You know, it might be shooting um, foul shots three to four hours after practice, just shooting foul shots. Sometimes I, I said he was this scared to come in the locker room because Derek used to terrorize all the rookies and <laughs> he used to treat the rookies wrong. So I think he stayed out there until we left to come in the locker room. But when I first met Hop, he was like a positive guy. And I, I could see that he, you know, his path was going to be coaching. Not necessarily playing. No, well, he could play. He could play. Mike was... Mike was a, a defender. You know, he, he, he'd do what you asked him to do as a coach, but... You know, you have to play if you if you got um, recruited by Syracuse at sure. that time. I like to make fun of Mike. Yeah, um, and his his nickname is the Human Bruise. Oh yeah, he was well earned. But Mike used to have little scabs like on his knees from brush burns, and he'll pick them to pop them over so his leg could bleed. <laughs> Mike was crazy. He's the Mike was crazy guy, crazy coach. He come up, I said, why would you come all the way? and go to school in Syracuse, and you come from California. You must don't like the warm weather. <laughs> Him and Stevie Thompson both. I used to tell Stevie Thompson um, to eat the yellow snow. It's good for you. <laughs> and, you know, yellow snow, it could be pee. Because <laughs> he never saw – well, he act like he never saw snow before. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, that team your freshman year was loaded. You know, we've mentioned all the guys that were on it. Um, you know, Matt Rowe was the was was the fifth starter that we haven't mentioned. Um, but you guys lost to Illinois in the Midwest Regional Final in what I still consider was one of the greatest matchups I've ever seen um, mm -hmm. because Illinois was loaded too. But you know, what do you what would you what do you remember about that game? And you know, I'm sure it's one that still hurts. It, well, it, it hurts, but I I thought we was gonna win it. I think at halftime we was up by like I want to say 10, 11 points or something like that. Then 
you know they was gonna come back. You know, every every team makes their run, so you know they was gonna come back. They was like you said, they was loaded. So, but I just thought we was gonna win that game. You know, I think the game before that we played Missouri, and we beat Doug Smith and them. So it was like you know I'm going to the Final Four, and plus it, it I was used to winning championships. You know, coming from Carlisle, Pennsylvania, I won four in a row. So I, I want I'm like. This is this is this norm. I'm gonna win. You know, the, God's gonna let me win this championship. God's gonna let me win the, the go to the final four. But they came out and put it on us. They just put it on us. Um, Kendall Gill, Battle. They just came out and they. I guess they wanted it more than we did. But it was a good matchup. I I I I, I don't I don't mind talking about that game. I just don't like talking about the Richmond Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> They're further down the list, but I was planning on getting there. <laughs> Let's mix in some good memories. How about it? Um, right. You know, one game that stands out is your sophomore year. Uh, I think it was the last home game of the season against Georgetown. And that's the game where John Thompson got the three technical fouls and gets kicked out. What were you thinking at the time? That John Thompson's crazy. <laughs> you know, I just started screaming and screaming. Then he came on the court, and I think Derek took like six foul shots. And then um, I don't know, I forget his. I think Jeff Jefferson fouled me with no seconds left, but one second left on the clock. I don't know why. You know, from backcourt, and fortunately, I made the foul shots to take it in overtime. We ended up winning in overtime. But you know, playing Georgetown, you always got up. You know, the whole campus was buzzing when we played Georgetown. Professors let you go home early, get out of here. I walked into a class, um, professor said, why are you here? Don't you play Georgetown um, um, this week? I said, yeah. He said, well, go home and rest. <laughs> so it was, so the university was buzzing with Georgetown. I don't know why they hate Georgetown so much, because actually I really didn't lose to Georgetown that much. I think I lost them more my freshman year than ever, than any other year. So. And Alonzo Morning was my boy. We was cool. We um we played in a lot of goodwill games together, summer league games together. So we was cool and we used to talk before the game and stuff like that. But a lot of fans up in in, in the Q's land don't like Georgetown. But like I said, it, this playing Georgetown was a great rivalry and you always got up to play against them. You know, you mentioned Alonzo. Uh, you were famously on the cover of Sports Illustrated before you played your first game at SU. Mm -hmm. Zoe was supposed to be on the cover with you. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, I knew that. Zoe was, Zoe was mad, too, about it, but John Thompson won't let him get on there. <laughs> I don't know why. He should have He should have been on there because Alonzo was a great high school player, too. And, you know, it's like we shared everything. The McDonald's All-American game, we shared um, co-MVPs, which – if I didn't pass him the ball, he wouldn't have got co-MVP because Chris Chris Jackson, who changed his name to Mock Moo later, he wasn't passing the ball. <laughs> so so Bobby Hurley um, Sr. was our coach. So he moved me to point guard and told me just to move the ball around so everybody can touch it. So that's what I did. So I started feeding Alonzo into the post, and he started getting his numbers. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I, should, I shouldn't have passed it, so I – I would have got MVP by myself. <laughs> um, you mentioned the Richmond Spiders earlier. 
Yeah. Now, that was that was your junior year, and you guys had lost Derek and Stevie off the previous year's team. And I remember, you know, I, I was one of them. The media, we didn't really know what to make of you guys going into that season. You had lost so much, and and you guys wound up having a great year. Yeah. Um, was that year a surprise to you? I think you were like twenty six and six. Yeah, we. It's like. It's like as I actually I talked to Coach uh, Archery about that. We always talk about that year, and he said it was to me it was one of our, our best, my one of my best years. And when we was winning, I think we won the a Big East outright, conference outright, or something like that, the league outright. So, you know, to go in there and and, and like you said, we lost Derek, we lost Stevie. A lot of people probably wiped us out. Thought we was going to be you know average team. But, you know, when the ball, you know, I got more involved, like the ball was always good. The ball had to touch my hands before anybody touched it on offense. So I think I think our chemistry was just a little better because everybody knew their roles. And Agent Archie was a point guard. Mike Edwards helped out a little bit. <laughs> so, um, and David Johnson was finding his own way, you know. So I think that chemistry was good with that team. But uh, that first game, I think we just overlooked the Spiders and thought we were just going to win that game easily so we can move on. And, you know, they came with the Richmond Spiders, came with their shoelaces tied too and ready to play, and they, they beat us. And that's one of the worst. I, I never watched that game fully. I can't watch that game. It was just one of those, wow. like, like my soul just left my body. <laughs> And my soul left my body, and we—I can't believe we really lost. And when I got home, I, I had a lot of football players that were friends, and and my brother was a football player, and they, all they did was heck with me the whole time until I left Syracuse about how the hell we let Richmond Spiders beat us. But they came out and played, and they beat us. They was a better team that day, and if we had played the next day, I think we would beat them by twenty. You know, I've always wanted to ask you this. It was probably too raw at the time, but the program was in the middle of an NCAA investigation right then. And right. I think you guys were even in, um, questioned by the NCAA in the week leading up to the game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but yeah. did, did that have, what kind of effect did that have on you and your teammates heading into the tournament? I don't think it had an effect on us because we were ball players. You know, that our, our the court was a safe haven for us, so we can play. You know, get on that court, everything else should go out the out the window, and we should just play basketball. You know, me personally, it didn't bother me because they was they was you know before they was asking me questions about Derek about you know him and him sending supposed to be sending me this, sending me that. It, it didn't bother me. It was just it's with the territory. My dad kept me a level head. Coach Beheim just told me to don't forget about his worry about school and worry about playing basketball, and that's what I did. I don't think that I don't think that's an excuse that I would say that Richmond beat us or anything like that. Okay, it was just at the time it was something that was going on, and Coach Beheim told us as a team don't worry about it, just focus on like I said, schoolwork. And playing basketball, and that, and that, and it would take care of itself, and it, and it did. When y'all lost that game to Richmond, how soon after did you realize it was your last game at Syracuse that you were going to leave early? It took a while. When my first loss, that's the thing that's going ahead. I'm out of here. 
I, I, gotta, I gotta get out of here. You know, I think I was just mad because we lost against um, Richmond. We lost that game, but you know, it, it, it took me a while. It, it, you know, sitting down with my dad, sitting down with the experts in the NBA, telling me that could be one, two, or three. You know, give me a scenario while well, if you stay next year, you know, Shaq's coming out, Lonzo's coming out, you're going to fall in the same type of one, two, or three again. Maybe, no, two or three, because Shaq was going to go number one, regardless. So it's going to be two or three. So I, I, I just decided, I talked to Bayheim about it, and, you know, he was honest. You know, he, he was said, you know, we'd love to have you stay, you know that, shoot, and then, but... You know, you can't, you really got to sit down with your family and think about it because it don't get no better than this. You know, you're in a great position to live out your dream. And I decided, to, you know, to come out my junior year. And, and I don't regret it. The only thing I really regret is just the fans and how fun it was. My three years at Syracuse was so fun. And that's one thing, you know, if I say, if I could do it over again, I would probably take that more to consideration of uh, how fun it was in Syracuse and how the fans loved me and I love the fans. That might that might make me change my mind and go back. <laughs> but I, I don't regret it leaving and you know I had a great I had a good NBA career. And like I said, it it was just a it was a great time. But I, I thought about it a little bit. Like I said, I was mad after we lost against Richmond. I was mad. I said, I'm out of here. I told the coaches that. They couldn't talk to me. They just tell me, just calm down. And there we are, right? I was like, no, I'm out of here. I, I, you know, I, I kind of blamed the team more than I blamed myself at the time. But um, it's a team sport, and we lost as a team. You know, not to age either one of us, but – you now have a son at Syracuse University. He's on the basketball team, Chaz, as a freshman. Yeah. What's it, uh, what's it feel like or what's it mean to you to have your, your, your son, uh, you know, playing for your alma mater? It means a lot. It means a lot. And, and, and plus it means, a lot, it means a lot that Coach Beheim is still there. So he gets to teach him. And, and I, I, got all, I told him all the stories growing up with Coach Bayheim and how Syracuse and, and the student life and how fun it was and everything. So for him to go to Syracuse to follow my footsteps, it's a, it's a blessing. And I think I think the university and Coach Bayheim every day that they gave him a scholarship. You know, Chaz had, her, Chaz had it rough, you know, from high school ball. Nobody really believed in his game. I don't know why. <clears throat> and I know he can play. And Coach Bayheim said he can play because – one thing Coach Bayham is is honest. If he can't play, he can't play. If he, if he, if he the Coach Bayham would tell me that. But he said he got something there. It's just that he sees raw, and it's all new to him. Like this, all this is all new to him. A program like that is is every kid's dream, and he's living his dream. And I just, I thank God that you know that he went through what he had to go through. Now he realized how serious this is, and. As parents, as me and mom and his sisters, we're we're just proud of him, and we hope hope for the best for him. But I'm I'm happy. I I, I call him every day, and he they tell me quick call me. I see he tells me, Dad, we did the same thing we did last last um, yesterday. Quit ask me what happened in practice. <laughs> so I think I'm getting on his nerves a little bit, but I backed off, and I let I, he's in good hands up there. He's actually the second one of your children to go to SU, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, Billy, my daughter Billy Lorraine, she was up there. Um, 
See, he actually worked for Coach Bayon. Coach Bayon, I think Billy LeRae is Coach Bayon's favorite. Oh, wow. I, like we, we, I went down there to watch the Clemson game. We was in the booth, and Coach Bayon, I ain't seen him yet. I ain't seen him, you know, since I've been in Syracuse. So he walks in the booth, and I see him, and I go up to him, but Billy LeRae's in the booth with us, my daughter. He walks right by me and goes talks to her. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one that played for you. <laughs> so I was like, and then and then her, Billy and Coach still keep in touch. You know, they text each other, and Billy always said, "Don't, no, don't, don't let Chazzy take over. Who's your favorite Owens?" And he said, "Never." <laughs> so, so but they're going there, and she loved it. She has stories too. I think it, it was no. No brainer that Chaz. That's why Chazzy fell in love with Syracuse. His uncle Mike. His uncle Mike went to Syracuse. His uncle Herman O'Ree went to Syracuse. So his mom went to Syracuse, and and he, he was every since he was 10, 11 years old, he was talking about Syracuse. This Syracuse that he was a Syracuse fan. So it's a blessing. I love hearing you refer to Herman Harid as 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 Uncle Herman. Yeah, that's my man. He took me on his. Him and Derek took me on his wing and. They, they show me the ropes. They show me some good things to do it and they show me some bad things to do. So, but I love those guys and Herman, me and Herman and my Herman's family and my family are just close. We get together during the holidays and I always go visit him down in Baltimore because it's only like an hour and 40 minute drive for me. And I support his program there in Lake Clifton and everything. So he's like, he's like an older brother. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, what are you doing these days to keep yourself busy? Well, I was coaching for the last 10 years, and, uh, and then we actually, the head coach got fired, so I decided not to go back, even though they wanted me to come back. Where was this? At Rutgers Camden. Okay. So R Rutgers Camden, Division Three school, I was there for 10 years and as an assistant coach. And when they fired the head coach, like I said, they wanted me to come back, but I decided that. I would follow my son around Chaz, watch him play some games. So um, that's basically I was doing. Sticking something to do with sports, working with the kids. You know, I, I venture out doing a little, trying to do a little business deal when it comes to hospitality and, and um, multifamily home, real estate, stuff like that. But nothing gets me up in the morning more than just being around kids and teaching them the game of basketball or teaching them the game of life. That sounds great. That sounds great. The, the kids at Rutgers Camden are are uh, losing out that uh, that you're not around them anymore. But uh, yeah, but they they they're this it's a whole different level when you come come to Division three. You know the kids is like every time they when they find out who I was and everybody they was all all the kids like can you get me into Syracuse? Can you get me this? I said first of all, can we win games here first? Because <laughs> <laughs> we had a terrible record. Can we win games here first and then maybe. I can I can call somebody up in Syracuse just to get them motivated to play harder or something. But it, but it's a whole different level. And when the kids you know see that level, like Chazzy saw like for the first time or took him to a, a college game, he's like, man, they're, they the speed is so much different. And I said, yeah, and, and they're stronger too. So you got to continue to work on your game if you want to play. You want to play in that level. You know, last question for you. And I'm tying you and Chaz together here. When he when he committed to Syracuse, I, I found a photo in our archives of when you were getting your jersey retired, the, the number thirty. Yeah. And there's a photo of you of you looking up, 
uh, at the rafters and a whole bunch of families there. And there's this little dude <laughs> next to you. Yeah, down by my knees. <laughs> yeah, and, and now he's a freshman at Syracuse. It's Chaz. And it, I had to look at that picture a long time before I figured out who it was. Yeah. You know, I, what was that ceremony like for you? And, and, you know, I've talked with, you know, some, some of your other teammates like John Wallace who have had their jerseys retired. Mm -hmm. well, it's always interesting to, to see what that means for guys. It was a, uh, first of all, I said about time. <laughs> I said about time. So, but it was, it, like I said, it was a blessing. It was what, one of the exciting days of my life, you know, to, to get my numbers up in the rafters. And it's just brought back all the memories, like on the basketball court, like walking out there. I, I started having my head, my palms are sweating. And I'm not a media guy. I'm not, I really don't like talking to media. And not, not because, you know, I'm a, asshole or anything like that I just I, I was just that shy guy I didn't want I didn't want cameras in my face I just wanted to play basketball go to school and have fun doing that so but to get my jersey retired my name retired it was it was special and you know it, it was hard for me to you know to um fight back tears and everything like that but it was a special day and, and to have all my family out there on the court with me and my brother Michael with me who ran around on that field too on the turf football it was just a special day that's really cool well billy your presence here today has made this a special podcast <laughs> i appreciate it no problem no it's problem always anything good for you, mike. you know anything i do anything for you mike <laughs> well i appreciate that uh we'll call it square with the podcast visit exactly, Thank you, definitely. all right man all right we'll hope to see you real soon okay definitely be safe I want to thank Billy for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all the Syracuse basketball action this season with complete coverage on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.